Lord and God bless you. This is the podcast of the Refuse Temple Church located at 152 North Main Street in Burlington, North Carolina, where our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. This podcast is brought to you on the following streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Thank you again for joining us. Please enjoy as our Bishop Davis speaks. Stand with me for the reading of the word. Get your Bibles and remain standing for the reading of the word that's recorded. Check your Gmail account. Send it to the wrong place. Genesis chapter 41. Thank you, Lord. Genesis chapter 41. And we'll begin reading at verse 50. Hallelujah. PowerPoint to catch up with us. I sent it to the wrong address. Genesis chapter 41 and verse number 50. The Bible says, And unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, which Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God, said he, have made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim. For God have caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Subject this morning, you can be seated. Before you can be fruitful, you have to forget. Before you can be fruitful, you have to forget. If you've been following this series with me, you have, you know that we've been talking about brokenness for better part of a month. And brokenness impacts all of us in a number of different ways. I think the first and most obvious impact is when you're broken, it creates a sad state of being. And it's um, surprising and it's reality that there are a lot of people that are just sad, just sad people. Um, life has not treated them fairly. Life has given them some hard knocks and some hard licks. And they're just sad about it. They're sad about it. It's sad. It resonates in their disposition, their attitude, that they're just sad. Then it creates dysfunction. Because when something is broken, it does not work the way it was intended. Come on here, somebody. It might work some, but it does not work the way it was intended because it's broken. And so you have a lot of people that find themselves in dysfunctional states 
of beings. The problem with your husband is not that he doesn't love you, he's broken. The problem with your wife is not that she doesn't care for you, she's a broken woman. The problem with your children is not that they just want to be off the chain. A lot of our children are broken. And when something is broken, and, and, and even in church, we wonder sometimes why people are in church and fail to do what they're supposed to do in ministry, and sometimes we don't realize it, but the church is full of broken people. Saved, but just never got well. Speaking in tongues, but never became whole. And when people are broken, how can they do that which way they were intended to do when they're fighting a state of brokenness. So then brokenness disrupts destiny. There is a place you are supposed to be. There's a place you're supposed to be sitting in, a life you're supposed to be living, a destiny you should be fulfilling. But if I'm broken, how can I get there? Come on, somebody. God wants you better so you can achieve your destiny. Anybody know God has somewhere for you to be? Something he wants to do in your life. And to get you there, he's got to make you whole. And, and one of the purposes of this series is to reverse the effects of brokenness with the healing power of the word. Now, now I want you to be, I want to be very clear about something. Reginald Davis does not possess in him any healing ability. It's not in me, it's not in, it's not in me. If the Holy Ghost doesn't give it, it doesn't exist in me. But there is power in the word to heal. Anybody believe that? There's power in the word to heal. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 107 and verse 2, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So that means God is, oh God, I hear you, Holy Ghost, is going to send a word that's going to bring healing into your life. And it doesn't matter how long you've been broken or what's broken you up or what happened in your past. There's a word that's going to bring healing into your life. Anybody believe God's got a word to heal me? I don't care what happened to me. I don't care how it happened. There's a word coming into my life that is going to bring healing. And somebody without the laying on of hands is going to get better just because God sends a word into your life. But one of the impacts of brokenness is the disruption of productivity or the fruitfulness of your life. Your life was meant to be fruitful. Come on, tell somebody, your life was meant to be fruitful. Okay, only three of y'all believe that. Say it again. Your life was meant to be fruitful. Which means my life was meant to be productive. I can't live life and have nothing to show for it. And, and I'm not talking just about physical wealth. But your life ought to bear something that people recognize. I had the privilege yesterday of being a part of um, one of the Saints' 70th birthday parties. And 
people literally came from everywhere across the country just to wish this woman a happy birthday because in so many ways her life touched the lives of other people. And, and you don't want to live life and, 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 and in life knowing that in all of your years you never touched anybody. In all of your years, you never impacted anybody because your life was meant to be fruitful. And if I can be very bold, God expects believers to have fruitful lives. All right. St. John chapter 15 and verse 2 says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he does what? Taketh away. He removes it. He moves it out of the way. He cuts it off because it's not bearing fruit. But every branch that beareth fruit, he does what? He purges it that it might bring forth what? More fruit. That means there's an expectation of God that your life bear fruit. And, and, and there are some people, if I can be very honest, that are being cut off because they refuse to be productive. How do you have gifts? and won't use them? How do you get blessed and refuse to bless somebody else? How do you come out of a hellish situation and you won't even testify about what God did in your life? Some of us told that lie, Lord, if you ever get me out of this, I'll tell everybody what you did for me. And you haven't told anybody what he did for you. Haven't told you. Haven't even told your cat. Come on, somebody. Your cat don't even know you delivered. Haven't even told the dog. Haven't told the puppies in the house. Look at what the Lord did in my life. And look at what God has done. And there's an expectation that when the Lord blesses you, you have to be productive in that blessing. Sharing it with somebody. And if I am bearing fruit, then the Lord is purging me. I want you to grab somebody by the hand tell them God wants more out of you. God wants more out of you. And I'm talking to somebody because, see, I, I know I'm standing I'm among people who have been saved, some of you 30, 40 years, and, 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 and in your mind you think I've done enough, I've sung in enough choirs, I've served on enough boards, I've helped enough people. This is my season to coast. You know what your season to coast is when you're resting and waiting for the rapture. So as long as I'm still here, I should be doing something. I was talking to Mother Carter the other day, and she said, Bishop, the Lord has kept me here, I know, for a purpose. And I said, yeah, Mother, God has kept you here for a purpose. And, 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 and this is a woman that has served the body of Christ for at least 50 years. But God has kept her here because if she can't do nothing else, she can sit and get a prayer through. Come on, somebody. She can offer encouragement. She can offer support. So I need you to get out of this mindset that I've done enough. The only one that can say you've done enough is the one that says, well done. And if he hadn't said well done yet, that means you're not finished in what you ought to be doing for the kingdom of God. So what is he doing? He's purging us that we might bring forth more fruit. But, but here, here's the point that I need to make. You cannot be optimally fruitful in a broken state. Now, water can flow through a broken pipe, but some of it's leaking and some of it's being wasted. Water can flow. The pipe can be broken. 
and water can still flow through a broken pipe, but there's a leak. Come on, somebody. So I'm not, instead of getting a flow, I'm getting a trickle because there's a leak in the pipe. And this is why it's the will of Satan to break the saints and to keep us broken. You know, it hit me when I was reading that the devil doesn't care how many of us keep coming to church, just stay broken. In fact, he likes for us to come to church and stay broken. Because then people see broken folk walk in and broken folk walk out. And they say there's no power in the body of Christ. But when broken people walk in and walk out healed... Y'all didn't get this. When broken people walk in discouraged and walk out feeling like going on, when broken people walk in angry, upset, disrupted, and walk out delivered, God gets the glory. Is there anybody in this church that ever went to church one way and came out a better way because there is healing in the body of Christ? It's not about the setting. It's not about the preacher, and it's not about the folk, but there is a power with us right now that can heal everybody. I don't care how deep your dysfunction is, if God is in this place, he can touch you where you are. I don't care how bad the pain is. If God is in this place, something can happen in your life. But if I could quote an old adage, you have to let the Lord have his way. You got to stop sitting there saying, I'm not going to move with the presence of God. But God, if you've got healing in my life, I need you to have your way. If you've got deliverance, I need you to have your way. Because a church full of broken people is no threat to the enemy. In fact, he can go on vacation because a church full of broken people will turn on themselves. Come on, somebody. See, you need to understand something, and I'm going to say this, that a lot of people that have hurt you or made you angry in church, did it because they were broken themselves. And unfortunately, broken people don't always wear a label that says, don't talk to me because I'm broken. In fact, they look on the surface to be very together because it doesn't take a lot, if I, I'm going to be very honest, because a lot of us don't even have discernment in the church, if I can be very honest with you. So it doesn't take a lot to be taken in by somebody that appears to be at a level of spirituality, but they're really broken. If they just pray the right way and jerk the right way and clap their hands the right way, you will perceive them as being spiritual. And it's not until you get connected with them that you figure out, I'm dealing with a broken person. Now, I'm going to give you a clue, and then I'm moving on. You can tell you are dealing with a broken person by how they talk about their past. If they discuss their past as if it just happened yesterday, they're still broken. And if they discuss their past but never give you the tagline, but the Lord delivered me, 
Come on, somebody. Because, see, see, I need to hear that. When you tell me about all of your traumas and all the stuff you've been through and how bad your husband was and how mean your kids are and how much hell you've been through and you don't end it by saying, but the Lord delivered me, that means you are still stuck where you are. Can I be honest? Everybody in this church got a story. But the end of my story is that the Lord delivered me. I've been rejected. I've been lied on. I've been impoverished. I've been sick. I've been in trouble, but I thank God that the Lord delivered me. Oh, come on, grab somebody by the hand and tell them, I've been through more than I can talk about right now. But just know this, that the Lord delivered me. Somebody has to heal in the body. In order for God to get the glory. We've been talking about date Joseph for the last couple of weeks. And if you look at Joseph's life, Joseph had every reason to be broken and stay broken. He was hated by people that should have loved him. They should have loved him. His brothers should have loved him. They should have embraced him and cared for him and protected him but instead they sold him into slavery. So he's hated, he's enslaved, he's incarcerated for a crime he did not commit. And then when he asked to be remembered, he was forgotten. Bible says there were two men that were in prison with him. One was the baker and one was the butler. And they both had dreams. And Joseph said, well, God knows the understanding of dreams. Tell me your dreams. And the baker told his dream, and he said, I don't have good news for you. In three days, you're going to be hanged, and, and I, I can't tell you anything else. But the butler, in his dream, Joseph said, in three days, Pharaoh's going to restore you to your position. And when you get out, I need you to tell somebody that I'm here because I was put here unjustly. I was taken away from my home, and I just want to get out. And the butler gets out and forgets all about Joseph. How many of y'all helped somebody and they still forgot about you? But the Bible says the Lord remembered Joseph. And so when you look at, if you have Joseph's story, it's like you and your destiny are going in opposite directions. Because you're broken. I'm supposed to be going in another direction. But all of this drama that has happened to me is pulling me away from my destiny, pulling me away from where I need to be. But there was something very unique about Joseph. And here is Joseph's reality. Move the slide. Joseph's reality was his life intersected with God. See, I'm supposed to be in a bad place, but God found me. See, if, if I was in an honest church, y'all be screaming by now. I'm supposed to be in a bad place, but the Lord found me. And he didn't wait for me to get it together before he found me. But he came looking. Woo! 
Ghost. He came looking for me. Oh, God, I need somebody in here that knows you were heading in the wrong direction, but the Lord came and found you right where you were. You didn't even know how bad off you were, but the Lord came right where you were, and he found you. Glory. So here is your reality. If the Lord is with you, your negative reality is going to change. Oh, God. Everybody prophesy to somebody right now and say, if the Lord is with you, your negative reality is going to change. Everybody didn't get it. Tell somebody else, if the Lord is with you, your negative reality is about to change. And let me just make this clear. The circumstance may not change, but the impact on you is going to change. Oh, there's some things that when they happened yesterday tore up my world. But God did a work in me. Come on, somebody. It's kind of like um, getting an immunization. That I could catch it, but God has immunized me against it. Come on, somebody. I'm supposed to be depressed. If you heard everything that I've been through, I'm supposed to be depressed. But the Lord has immunized me with joy. Come on, somebody. And because I have joy when I should be crying, I'm rejoicing because he has, in, okay, y'all ain't getting this. He has, in, I need somebody in here that don't have the best life, but you got joy working in your life, moving on your behalf. People think you're a millionaire. They think you have a perfect life. What they don't see is the joy that is moving on the inside because God's immunized me. So, Here's the other reality. Your gift is about to intersect with your purpose. Because the one thing that despite the hatred, the enslavement, the incarceration, and being forgotten, the one thing that was never taken from Joseph was his gift. And that's why you got to protect the anointing that is in your life. Say it again. You got to protect the anointing that is in your life. Because life can put you anywhere. But if you got the anointing, you're going to be able to live where you are. And you're going to get out of where you are because the anointing is going to help you get out. That's, oh, that's why you need more. Oh, can I, can I help somebody? You need more than a jump and a yell and a scream. You need an anointing that works in the worst of situations. I don't need an anointing that depends on an organ or drums. I need an anointing that when it's midnight and I'm by myself, that the anointing on the inside can break out and 
Your gift is going to intersect with your purpose. Joseph had this gift of dreams and then being able to interpret dreams. He used it while he was in prison. And so we see how God creates the opportunity. Pharaoh has a dream that troubles him. He dreams of 14 cows, seven that were fat and seven that were malnourished. I don't know what that means. He asked all his advisors, what does this mean? I, had, I saw these seven fat cows. I saw these seven skinny cows. And finally, it clicked in the butler's head. Now, please understand, it was two years later that the butler remembered Joseph. And, and I, I'm saying that not because I'm trying to kill your faith, but sometimes God takes time before he answers. And you may as well be real about that. Sometimes God takes time before he answers. Two years later, the butler says, oh, when I was in jail, I met this young man who could interpret dreams. Pharaoh said, where is he? He's still in jail. So they go to the prison and say, Joseph, Pharaoh is looking for you. Joseph shaves, puts on the best clothes an inmate could have, come on somebody, and goes and stands before Pharaoh and interprets the dream. But he does this, listen to me, he, and, and I need y'all to figure this out, that the gift that you have is not yours. God gave it to you. And anytime God lets you use it, you need to give God the glory. Now, now Joseph's trying to get out of jail. So what he, what, what, if he had been like us, he'd have said, you know what? I've been given this mystic power. I don't know how it developed, but it's in me. To it. He said, you know what? God gave this to me, and I'm going to share it with you. Anybody here got something in you that you know God gave you? Oh, God, you didn't go earn it yourself. It didn't come out of you, but you ought to be giving God the glory because I've got a gift in me that God has given to me. Glorifies God. Glorifies God and interprets the dream. Now, he should have just been paid a little money and sent his way. But Pharaoh said, nobody in the kingdom knew what you mean. So he took this man that was a slave and an inmate and made him the second most important figure in the land of Egypt. Now, some of you will never get beyond where you are because you have no faith in God's ability to elevate you. It doesn't matter where people put you. When God puts his hand on your life, he said, I'll make you the head. Come on, come on. And not the tail. You don't belong here, but I'm going to put you here because I'm the God. Oh, God, promotion doesn't come from the east. It doesn't come from the west. It comes from God. He puts up one. He puts down another because that's the kind of God that we serve. Come on, grab somebody by the hand and tell them, get ready for your next promotion. Y'all didn't believe because y'all ain't saying nothing. Find somebody else and say, get ready for your next promotion. 
I'm prophesying to somebody. God's going to put you somewhere that your resume doesn't say you qualify. God's going to put you somewhere that your credit doesn't say you qualify. God's going to put you somewhere that your money doesn't say you qualify. But when God lays his hand on you, you're going exactly where God is destined for you to go. Oh, God. Come on, touch two people. Just say higher. Tell them higher. Oh, shut Oh, God. Come on, look at him. Say higher. Oh God. Anybody feel the Holy Ghost pulling you somewhere else? Don't worry about what your life looks like right now. I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of men what God's prepared for those that love him. But the Spirit has revealed it even unto us. Is there anybody in this church that sees a miracle in your spirit right now? Don't praise him for what you see with your eyes. Praise him right now for what's in your spirit. Oh, God, I need to wrap this up. Not done, but I need to give you this piece. Joel's miracle, Joseph's miracle is manifested. And Joel, that wasn't a slip of the tongue. That's God talking to you. Your miracle's about to be manifested. Mm. Joseph gets married, and his wife gives birth to two sons. And he doesn't name them Egyptian names. He gives them Hebrew names. And he names one Manasseh and names the other one Ephraim. And Manasseh means the Lord has made me forget all of my toil and my father's and Ephraim means God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And birth order has significance. Oh, God, come on, touch somebody. Say, you got to get stuff in order. And the order that God has for this time of your life is that you got to forget before you can become fruitful. Come on, somebody. Because some of us... And that's why Manasseh had to come in front of Ephraim. He couldn't name the first child Ephraim. He had to name the first child Manasseh. Because you can't be fruitful until you learn how to forget. 
Oh, hallelujah. Because some of us will never be blessed. And if we are blessed, we will never savor the blessing because of the negative memories of our past. And, and, and you sit here and say, well, Bishop, how can I forget? I was there when it happened. I felt the pain. I felt the rejection. I felt the trauma. But pain can be an instrument of bondage. The devil takes your pain. And anybody see that when God starts to bless you, here comes the devil to bring up the past. Here comes the devil to make you relive the trauma. Make you relive the agony. Make you relive even your own mistakes. Can I help somebody in here? Because some of us are not bound by the deeds of others. We are bound by the deeds of ourselves. And because we know the stuff we've done, every time we get ready to step out, the devil who's the accuser of the brethren, he flashes your mistakes. He flashes your errors. But I came to tell somebody that the devil is a liar. All of my mistakes have been washed in the blood. And I wish I was talking to a blood-washed church. Because if I was talking to a blood-washed church, somebody in here would open their mouths and say he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I am here. Put your hands together. Shout hallelujah. Oh, God. Come on, testify to somebody. Tell them I made a lot of mistakes. But I'm so glad they've been washed in the blood. Would ye be free from your burden of sin? There is power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you or Satan the victory win? There is power in the blood. There's power. Power, wonders working, power in the blood, in a blood-washed people, in refuse temple, open your mouth, give God the glory. Come on, testify to somebody. Tell them, yes, I got a past, but even my past has been washed in the blood. Even my past. Because you know what, Trail? Folk are quick. Folk are quick to bring up what they think they know about you. Come on, somebody. You mean she go to your church? Did you know she was this. Did you know she was that? Did you know she did this? Did you know she did that? And some of us are crazy enough to nod our heads and say, that's a shame. When you ought to be saying, yeah, that's true. But did you hear the latest that she's been washed? Whoa, shatama. Come on, grab somebody and say, you might hear some stuff about me. But let me tell you the rest of the story. I've been washed in the blood. I've been washed 
in the blood. I've been washed. Now here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the Lord, because some of us are so bound by guilt. Come on, somebody. So bound by guilt that all we can remember is the mistakes that we've made. And it's not even people holding us back. It's us holding us back. Because every time I get ready to move in my gift, Satan shows up with my past. And the only way you get over it is to remind Satan, yes, that's true. But if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You know, let me tell you what the Bible says. I'm getting ready to close. The Bible says that the Lord cast our sin as far as the east is from the west. Come here, Trail. Come here, Elder Doak. This is me. And these are my sins. But when the Lord forgives me, he cast the sin as far as the east. Head that way. It's from the west. Head that way. Keep going. When you get to the door, keep going. Because as long as it's in the door, I can still see it. But God has put it outside the door of my life that I can't see. Hey, <laughs> I know I had some sin, but I can't see it anymore. Because he cast it from far as the east. It's from the West. So grab somebody by the hand and tell them God forgot about it. I need you to forget about it. Tell them again, God forgot about it. I need you to forget about it. In fact, when you start praising him, don't even worry about trying to relive the specifics. Just remember, he saved me. Doesn't matter from what, he saved me. It's nobody business what I did. He saved me. Why you need to keep reliving your stuff with folk that don't care nothing about you? Just tell him I'm saved. Woo, Shatama. What he saved you from? None of your business. But I'm saved. Saved by his power divine. Saved to new life sublime. Life now is sweet. My joy is complete because I'm saved. Can I get the saved people to give God the glory? Where are the saved people? Where are the saved people? Where are the saved people? 
I'm not done, but I need to quit. I need to quit. Manessa means the Lord has made me forget. Everybody got a phone or an iPad, pull it out. Pull it out, pull it out, pull it out. And go to something that you can type on. Text message or message. And I want you to type sin, guilt, shame, hurt, pain. Everybody got that? Now find your delete button. Everybody see your delete button? Start pressing delete. Come on, press it. The more you press it, the more that stuff disappears. Hey, Shatanama. And God needs you to know that when it looks at your life, he has pressed the delete button. Oh, God. That what should have been there is no longer there because it's been deleted. God bless you. This is Pastor Reginald Davis of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. I sincerely hope that the message you heard um, has been a blessing to you. We are trying a new medium to spread the gospel through the podcast, and we hope that you and other folks will subscribe to the podcast and become a part of this ministry that is trying to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. Refuge Temple is indeed an international ministry in that we serve churches throughout the United States, but also throughout the Caribbean and literally around the world. And we want you to be a part of our family. We want to take some time um, for you to get to know us. So please feel free to to go to our website, RefugeTempleNC.com, or to our Facebook page to learn more about our ministry. And we want to get to know you. So would you take time to write to us? You can write a letter to Refuge Temple, P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, North Carolina, 27215. Or you can simply email us at domrepbishop at gmail.com. D-O-M-R-E-P-Bishop at gmail.com. We have certainly enjoyed this fellowship and thank you for listening. God bless you. Until next time, this is Pastor Davis. Shalom, shalom. so much for joining us. You are welcome to fellowship with Pastor Reginald Davis and the Refuge Temple Church family on Sundays, 9 a.m. prayer, 10 a.m. Christian education and Bible study, 11 a.m. morning worship and children's church, 4.30 p.m. evening worship, Monday, 6.30 p.m. prayer, Wednesdays, 12 p.m. noonday prayer, Wednesdays, 7 p.m., prayer and Bible study. Friday, 7 p.m., 
prayer, worship, and the word. Again, come and join us and be blessed. Until next time.